just get comfortable in being wrong. It's okay to be wrong. It's okay to fail. We are going to make mistakes because coming into this, it's all about probabilities and the gray area and even intuition. Hello, I'm Jordana Borenstein and welcome to That's So Meta, a podcast where we will explore all things related to Web3, NFTs, cryptocurrency and the metaverse. Well, metaverses, actually. The goal is to be a bridge between the world we currently live in and this dynamic, fast-paced and fabulous world that's emerging and being created every single day. Through fun interviews with awesome guests and experts, we'll take complex ideas and simplify them in a super light-hearted way. We'll learn together, laugh together, and get far more savvy about everything related to Web3 so that we all feel confident taking a giant step into this wild new world as one. Please note, the discussion and information in this podcast is not financial advice. I repeat, it is not financial advice. It is for entertainment and education purposes only. Joining me today is Trader Travis, the founder of The Crypto Mastermind, which offers a range of courses covering trade psychology, technical analysis, decentralized finance, and so much more. As a trader and educator, Travis brings more than nine years of insight and frontline experience into today's conversation aimed at demystifying the world of crypto. Hello, Trader Travis. So nice to have you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. If I was to ask you to explain cryptocurrency to a five-year-old, and using a Thomas the Tank Engine analogy, how would you do that? It works out pretty well because Thomas the Tank Engine would run on a set of train tracks and they're all connecting to different train stations. So if he has to get from one station to the other to visit somebody and you don't know where he is on the network and you don't trust anybody to tell you the truth, what you can do is, uh, you know, get on the phone and call all of your friends that just also happen to be at every other station on the network. You can say, hey, is Thomas here? And most people are going to say no, except for one person. (laughs) And they say, oh, you know, he's just rocked up at this network. He's just rocked up at this train station. And if nobody else says that he's here, then that person must be telling the truth, right? And then keeps going to the next station. Well, where's Thomas now? And then that person that said he was there before will say, well, he's not here now. And then some other person will chime up and say, he's with me, but nobody else says he's with me. But if two people or three people start saying, hey, you know, Thomas is here, I go, ah, somebody's lying because the train can't be at two places at once. So that's kind of how cryptocurrency works. It's a group consensus where a bunch of people in a decentralized manner are agreeing on a set of values. With the case of Bitcoin, it's, it's just how much money you have in your wallet. And everybody has to agree. And as long as everybody agrees, that's how much money it is and it continues on. But if one or two people get it wrong, and that might be just some innocent mistake because of you know, a software they didn't update, but it could be a malicious actor trying to increase the money in their own wallet. If one person tries that, but the thousands of other people say, hey, 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 I don't believe you, then that person gets ignored and we continue on. So it's trustless. You don't need a centralized authority. You can just ask the consensus of the group. So it puts the power back into your own hands. Congratulations for that Thomas the Tank Engine analogy. That was epic. Next time someone asks you, what's crypto? Are you going to think of Thomas? Am I going to think of Thomas? I'll probably not. (laughs) (laughs) So what are some of the biggest mistakes you see newbies make? Getting stuck in your bias. That's the biggest one. Don't think that you buy something for whatever reason. It starts going up, you think you're great, and then something changes. 
and your ego says, don't worry, bro, it's going to keep going. And they say, I don't want to be wrong. I don't want to be wrong. So you, you hold on. You need to stop doing that. It's okay to be wrong. People on Instagram, they'll just post the good things. Like, this is my perfect life. That's not reality. And traders that constantly post only winners, that's not reality either. There are people that lose trades more than they win trades, but still make money because their winners are so much bigger than their losers are, which is, you know, the ideal thing, right? If you have a strategy like that, you don't need to be right all the time. And it's difficult, especially in something so volatile as crypto. Please note, that was not financial advice. Just get comfortable in being wrong. It's okay to be wrong. It's okay to fail. You are going to make mistakes. If you're coming from an IT or engineering or medicine background where everything has to be perfect, it's going to be tough because coming into this, it's all about probabilities and the gray area and even intuition, right? You know, you're joining the dots on some crazy thing. Like people think that Dodge is going to be the coin on Mars because Elon likes it. Like that was a narrative at one point last year. And it worked. That doesn't make sense. Of course it's not. We haven't even made it to Mars yet. That was the narrative and people were buying it. People say, you know, meme coins don't have any purpose. And that's, you know, factually true. Like it doesn't really do anything other than just be a coin that you can give to other people. But that doesn't matter. It's whatever the narrative is at the time. And it doesn't even have to make sense either. Because if it's a joke coin and the, the narrative is some awesome joke, then that's it. That's all it has to be. So, yeah, just admit that you're wrong and and go from there and don't be so hard on yourself because you are going to get it wrong. I love that you said intuition is a factor. How does that play into the world of trading? It's something that you get a handle on the more hours you put in. Yeah. Because you just start to notice patterns and you need to go through a few cycles to get it. But lucky for us that crypto cycles go very, very fast. <laughs> Like the stock market cycle takes forever. The housing cycle, I think it's like know, seven, 11 years or something. But crypto cycles, well, the Bitcoin cycle is once every four years, but there seems to be mini cycles in with, in with that. So, you know, we had a DeFi run that went for about two years and now we're on to an NFT gaming one. And all the meanwhile, the Bitcoin one is still ticking around in the background. You will notice patterns. You will notice behaviors how people were reacting in November of last year was the same as how they were reacting in November of 2017. And how people are acting now is the same as how they were reacting at the bottom of 3K. Now, I don't know how they were reacting earlier in the 2012, 2011, because I wasn't around, but there's similarities. It's just human behavior. So everything is a cycle. Getting amongst the conversation on Twitter is important because, you know, that's like group consensus thing. Everyone chats there. So if you start hearing people talking about things and acting certain ways and you know, posting more memes than charts, then you know that they're not really doing anything and just they're waiting. And- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so, wait, so if you see memes, it means, <laughs> it means that it's totally a bear market. <laughs> if it's just constant memes and people like this, there are there's this trade and they're chasing up charts, and this is the entry that I'm in, or I think this will be good. You just don't see that anymore. Yeah, market. Now it's more about attacking other people because you know you need to 
blame something and you know you don't want to blame yourself because you're perfect right so it's like oh it's your fault and then there's fights and things and you know just general human behavior and it's good because you can be in the conversation but you're still at home or on your phone or wherever it is and you're watching it you can go get your intuition going as we all get in a group and everybody's happy it sort of feeds off each other and starts to get uh, euphoric it works the other way you can put it together and then there's the other things like oh, this person quit this job and then they went over here and you go, oh, okay, so if they do that, then they know these people and they might bring them over. So you can go, well, that coin's sort of related to that. So give that a shot. Even the basic one, like when Dodge was pumping, every other dog-themed meme coin also went up Yeah, by varying degrees of percentage. It can be something as simple as that. Anything, anything goes, really. There's a lot of scams, obviously, that hit newcomers. Just the reputation and what we hear about scams scares a lot of people. What mm. are some of the most common scams? A lot of the common scams are really the common scams you have on the internet even now. So cryptocurrency isn't anything different. We're talking about money, but a lot of the common scams can still be the little basic ones, like you get sent a fake email. You know, you get the fake emails from your bank or PayPal or whatever, and they look legit. Yeah. So you can get ones like that too, you know, where from such and such wallet or fake Binance emails or fake emails from exchanges and say, oh, you've got some money for you. And you start clicking on those links. You might download a virus or if you already do have an account on some of those places, they'll steal your credentials and then they will break in and then take your money. They're pretty common. The crypto-specific ones would be people will create a coin say it does this and that, launch it, people start buying it, and then they go, ha-ha, thanks for the money, and then just dump the rest of their tokens on top of yours and take the real money and then sort of run away. That happens a lot because creating a coin out of thin air really doesn't take very long at all. That's the permissionless nature of DeFi and crypto. So it's good and it's bad. I mean, it's a tool. It's inherently neither good or bad. What are some of the less common ones that would... I guess, trick people more. The sneaky ones, Google ad links that look like <gasps> the legit one. A lowercase L and a capital I look the same. But if it's in a link and you click on it, it'll take you somewhere different. And then there's oh. other characters that you can use, like special ANSI characters that appear different to what they are. Like there's an E that looks like something else, like a reverse three or something. People put in misspellings on purpose but it doesn't look obvious so they might flip two letters around and if you're just reading it sort of fast it looks the same or it's a derivative of a name so it might say you know finance wallet or but there is no such thing right or they spelt it differently it might be binance.io not binance.com and you know just people just click on that sort of stuff this is where ad blockers come in real handy so if you're using chrome or firefox you can download these free ad blockers so all of that goes away if you use those so what are some red flags that we should all look for and go hang on a second this is super sus you've already mentioned links that have you know i's instead of l's google yeah. ads that don't actually lead to where they say what else just makes you go mm -mm. well with coins themselves there are projects that say that they're a coin that run on a blockchain but they're not and they're actually like an MLM thing. The easiest way to, to check that is, you know, does it actually have a blockchain? Does it have a block explorer that you can go and check? Sometimes those are faked. 
So the easiest way is to go to a site like CoinGecko.com, which lists all coins that you can trade, and it has links to all the blockchains and you know what it does. And so if it's not even listed on something like that, because to get your coin listed on that, you have to provide APIs and what the blockchain is and, and all this stuff, and they'll check in it because they need to connect their website to the chain to get all the statistics. If it's not even on there, don't even worry about it. Just forget it. That's the easy sanitation. But then you want to look at, you know, how popular it is, what's its market cap, when was it launched, how long has it been around for. If it's something really brand new and nobody's talking about it, in the crypto circles especially. So if it sounds too good to be true, why? how am I being told about this before anybody else? Like what's the probability chance that you are the first to anything? We all like to think that we're special and this is our lottery ticket, but it, just take a second look. You've got plenty of time, right? Crypto's not going anywhere. And if you miss this one, there'll be another one. There's always another one. FOMO drives us to do a lot of things in the world of crypto and Web3 and NFTs that sort of puts us in more of a state of a rush because we feel like it's so fast and we're going to miss out. So what would you say to the FOMO aspect? When I first started, I was just experiencing the emotions, like the fear and the greed and the FOMO and that. Once you get better at it, you will start being present and going, okay, I'm experiencing FOMO now, why? So just be aware of your conscious thoughts or unconscious thoughts and go, well, okay, this is FOMO. And if you do miss out, it doesn't matter. There'll be another one. There's NFT launches. There's like 10 a day. And most of them don't make it, right? The new coins launch all the time. And even the older coins like Bitcoin and Ethereum, I mean, they're going down now. They'll go up again later. So if you think that you missed the train, just like Thomas will go to a different state. <laughs> I fine. was going to say, such a nice callback to Thomas. Right. Yeah. He'll so you're saying... <laughs> you don't need to rush. Yeah. You will miss. If you miss this one, that's fine. There'll be another one. And there'll be another coin that releases a new edition of something. And that'll create a narrative about why this is the best. And everybody will now look at the shiny new thing and start buying that. That's how all markets work, really. Uh, Tesla all launches a new car. And then the Tesla stock goes up. You go, oh, I missed it. Don't you worry. Elon will launch something else. So you're saying if you feel FOMO, stop to self-reflect Stuff and actually self-reflect. understand it. Yeah. Why are you feeling FOMO? Are you feeling FOMO because other people are buying it and telling you this is awesome? Or are you feeling FOMO because you did some research and then said this is like the next biggest thing? And then, oh, I need to buy something else. Yes, you don't want to be doing anything in a heightened state of emotion ever if you can avoid it. And that's on both scales. So FOMO and greed and fear, like you want to be calm and trying to think as logically as you can. We see a lot of headlines, you know, crypto crashes, crypto crashes. Why is it so volatile? The short answer is not as much liquidity in cryptocurrency markets as in the traditional markets. It's also very unregulated. And you've got to make sure big players and small players, small players like you and me, and big players like the institutions and the banks, which are starting to come in now, you know, they have hundreds of millions of dollars. And we're all playing in the same market using the same tools. So it's very even and very democratized because of that. If you wanted to have the same level of insight that crypto guys can get, in traditional markets, you would have to use something like Bloomberg Terminal, which is like a five-figure-a-year license you can pay for. But with crypto stuff, it's free. Like It's all there in the open and free APIs that you can use and there's websites that they tell you the data and 
order blocks and volume and who's buying what, and you can track it down to the wallet and the person. So it is very even, but the liquidity just isn't there. So if you have a big player that comes in, they can push price around very easy. You can't do that with national currencies. Yeah. In traditional finance, everything is regulated and everything is announced beforehand. And there's laws and it's all about keeping everybody calm and no surprises. As long as there's no surprises, things sort of move orderly fashion. But as soon as there's surprises and people are unexpected, they go, oh, my God, oh, what do we do, right? So we even saw it recently when the pound fell like 8% in two days because of the issues going on there. So they said, well, pension funds are going to fall over. We're going to have to turn the printers on. So they started printing more pounds and then it sort of recovered. So all of that is not normal. And that's why it had that volatility. But in the traditional markets, it's usually pretty orderly. All the meetings that they have are all pre-booked in and everybody knows when the Fed chair is going to speak and when the Bank of Australia is going to speak. Everybody knows it's coming. In crypto, it's 24-7, doesn't stop. Anything can happen at any time. Who knows, right? So a big player could just go, I've had enough, and they just dump $100 million worth of whatever and they don't tell anybody. But if Elon decided to sell a whole bunch of Tesla, he has to do it in advance and say, well, I'm going to do it now and now and now. Same with any CEO of any large corporation. They can't just go, oh, you know, I, I just feel like dumping all my stock today, right? So that, that's basically why it happens. And when did you fall into crypto? Did you gracefully dance? Did you fall? The first time I heard about it was on breakfast TV. It was 2013 and it was the first time that Bitcoin had ever made it to 1000 bucks. That's what gave it the mainstream attention. And it was like the hot thing for the next 24 hours or 48 hours. And then it sort of went away after that. And then I thought, well, hang on, what's this? And then, you know, go down the rabbit hole. If you could go back to that breakfast moment, what's one piece of advice you would give yourself? Aside from, obviously, buy Bitcoin. Oh, yeah, yeah, go all in. (laughs) Um, Don't get stuck in your bias. For me back then, it was like, oh my God, this is all over. Or Bitcoin's terrible, or it went up and went down. I started to trade it and it wasn't working out. And that was because I didn't know how to trade. But then I started mining because I figured out you could do mining. I said, why am I trading for? I can just do mining. This is great. Back then, well, even now, electricity prices in Australia are crazy high. Um, At the time I was doing it, it was summer. So I had to have the air conditioner on to keep all the cards cool. Whoa. And then I get my energy bill and I look at the price and I say, well, what's the point? I could just buy it for that price. So why would I mine it? And obviously, of course you would still keep money because I mean, back then I was making 0.1 Bitcoin per card per day. Bitcoin back then obviously wasn't worth as much as it is now. But if I had kept going though, yes, to dream. All right. Now we go to our two special segments. Myth busting. What is one of the biggest myths around cryptocurrency and how can you totally bust it right now as not being true? So your money isn't in your wallet. The money is contained on the blockchain. Your wallet is just the thing that lets you look at or access your money on the blockchain. It's the gateway. So as long as you've got the password for that, you're fine. If you lose your wallet, your software, your computer, your hardware wallet, doesn't matter. You just need to remember your seed words and you still have your money. Awesome. Cool. Just don't give your seed for eight hours. No, no, never. Do not do that. (laughs) 
<laughs> no, that's actually another good scam. So people, they'll send you an email or a message on Discord or whatever, and they'll say, we're from such and such support. We've found an issue with the transaction. I just need to get your seed words to fix it for you. Nah, no, you don't. Nobody asks for your seed words. Do not give it to anybody ever. Stay safe from scams. What is the best piece of advice you can share to help people stay safe in the world of crypto or Web3 or NFTs? If it's too good to be true, it is. It's not true. Mm -mm. Not true. Oh, you're going to give me a thousand percent APR for buying this coin? No. You might get it for maybe a day, but it really is too good to be true. It, it is. <sighs> okay. Come back down to planet Earth. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Out of the metaverse and back down. <laughs> the problem is because there are so many opportunities in crypto, like a new thing will come up. You hear the, the winning stories all the time. So it is possible that you can buy something and it goes up, you know, a million percent. And there will be other opportunities to do that. And it will happen to other people and might happen to you. But yeah, if it seems too good to be true, especially with staking coins, buy this coin, put in this contract, and then we'll reward you with this. Okay, where are the rewards coming from? And all I'm doing is putting money into this contract. Why is that so valuable? Why would you just give me free money? There's got to be a catch. So if the catch is you're going to get those rewards for a week, well, that, that makes sense. But if it's, no, this is forever. And people are going, well, you know, if I put in a thousand bucks and then in two years' time or three years' time, I'll have a, enough for a house or a, or a Lambo. I mean, things in crypto, they move way too fast. Like even from now, a year ago, everything's different. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing your knowledge and wisdom today, Thank Travis. Right. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It was awesome. It was eye-opening. And I love the fact that you mentioned intuition. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It's very underrated in this. So, yeah. Go Seriously. With go with the gut. Awesome. Thank you so much. Wow. That is so cool that Travis was mining his own Bitcoin back in the day. Talk about a unique experience and knowledge of all aspects of crypto. Thanks so much to everyone for tuning in to this week's episode of That's So Meta. To find out more about Travis and the crypto mastermind courses he runs, you can find all the links to his website and socials in the show notes below. If you enjoyed today's show, please leave a rating and a review. As a brand new podcast, it would mean the absolute metaverse to me. That would be wonderful. To see video content and other fun snippets from our interview, please come and say hi to me across my social media accounts, all of which are listed below in the show notes. And thank you again so much for your time. I'll see you next episode.